Welcome to the Paddle Down Podcast. I'm your host, Kirk Morris, and tonight uh, we have a special guest here, first ever guest on this this pod. I'd like to introduce uh, Spencer Pomoni. Spencer, how are you doing? doing well, Kirk. Thanks for having me on. How are you? Uh, not too bad. Not too bad at all. It's been uh, it's been an interesting couple of weeks here. That's for darn sure. As far as uh, with the draft and then with free agency, it's 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 been pretty good, man. It's been pretty good. I uh, I got a couple questions here right off the hop. Uh, just tell everybody a little bit about yourself there and uh, and how you you got it got into the love of hockey and all that good good stuff. Ah, uh, just like any almost any other kid, you watch it on TV with some family members, and it's it's so fast pace like i used to play soccer and that fell out and then first first time skating i was like yeah let's try hockey so tried that and been stuck with it ever since this age of nine but the oh, main yeah. main thing i do is watch the prospects the chl mostly whl that's my main strength these days right on right on so you, you do you have a a particular team and like, or do you just watch every team here as, as it, uh, do you go to a lot of Edmonton oil Kings games? Yeah. Before the pandemic, I went to a few more than I could. And then I'm hoping this upcoming season, I'm able to go again to even more. Eh, oil Kings are definitely a little hometown bias, but it's so it's just such fun hockey to watch anywhere in the CHL. It's always like sometimes you get touchdown scores and it's awesome. <laughs> Lots of scoring, yeah, definitely. And uh do you have any thoughts there with the the Memorial Cup? It's been it's been uh I guess it's been uh been brought back there thanks to everything open up there again the last two years there it was shut down due to the pandemic. So did you manage to catch a little bit of the Memorial Cup here this last little while? Yeah, I'd watch all the uh, Oil Kings games and then the final. But, uh, and I'd watch Shawin again, of course, for Burgo. Right, and right. Surprised, actually, St. John won it. I thought the Oil Kings had probably, I thought they were the best team entering. Well, the injury to Dylan Gunther really hurt them. That's right. something that you can't really fix on the go. And I'm just surprised. I thought if it wasn't the Oil Kings, it'd probably be Hamilton, but QMJHL wins it again. Yeah, and uh, I got a quick thought on that. I uh, I follow some some gamblers on Twitter, actually, and one guy that's really versed in, in hockey there, uh, Gabriel Morenci, he, uh, he, he made a notation there with the, the, the Memorial Cup, and he said... Uh, the Q never gets any love. It seems to be always the the WHL or the OHL. And why? I just wanted to ask you quickly here: Do you feel that that's the same? Like that the Q never gets any love, or or do you figure um, do you figure it's spread evenly across the board there as far as when it comes to you know young junior prospects? Yeah, I think the Q is on an uprise right now. Whenever I watch them, I think there is a big difference from the OHL and the WHL to the Q, I think it is one of the 
one of the on the lower end of the leagues, but it's on this uprise where they keep winning these Memorial Cups, and you got people like Dawson Mercer, like Lafreniere, Bold Duke getting drafted. Uh, there's a lot of good players coming out of it now, so I think it's getting better. But I would still, it's a little, it's just not very. When it when I mean football scores and like touchdowns, it that's what the cue is about. It's not very defensive, <laughs> not very like not a very high pressure situations and little lackadaisical compared to the C uh, the uh, sorry the OHL and the WHL in my opinion. Yeah, you see that with uh, uh, I think uh, I used to converse there with S- um, SPR Sean Patrick Ryan and yep. he talked a lot about the London and London and uh, London Knights there and uh, Dale Hunter and how he runs his team there. It's very very NHL based. At least that's what he said there at one time. And I, I I'm basically new to to watching prospects and all that kind of stuff and. <laughs> excuse me and uh he he noted that uh that dale hunter there the the head coach um of the london knights there he 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 bases his program very much like an nhl program so yeah um yeah they're always uh, at the top london <laughs> oh yeah. yeah yeah they're they're always the favorites um i was wondering like with this, this last year with the WHL, um, with the finals, did yeah, did you manage to catch the, the Edmonton Seattle final at all? Yeah, I was able to watch it online. Couldn't go to any live games, unfortunately. But it was a it was a good finals. Uh, Seattle and it's gonna be crazy because Seattle can come back next year even better. And I think that's they're gonna be an interesting team to watch. I didn't expect them to get there and they held their own for what it is. I love Kevin Korczynski on that team. He's a fun one. Yeah, definitely. Oh yeah. It was a, it was a good finals, but like the oil Kings, it's just, they have so many first rounders playing in that series. It's so hard to beat them. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, uh, what did you think about the Edmonton's first round pick there, uh, from the Seattle Thunderbirds there? Reed, uh, Reed, uh, I I can't I can't remember his name off the top of my head here. I Schaefer. Just Reed Schaefer, sorry. <laughs> what did no you what'd you what did you think about Reed there in his performance? Uh I like uh, he played he amped up his game in the playoffs. He's a big body, he's heavy, he's made for that kind of hockey, especially at the junior level. And he's he's showing more. Like what did he have in playoffs? I have it right up here. He stepped it up nicely. Uh, yeah, like he had yeah, 21 he points, had 25 playoff games. Nice. Yeah, no. I don't, he played fine. I, I honestly, I didn't even get the feeling that he was going to go to the Oilers when I was watching him. And did you, I, did, did you feel that he was going to drop to the second round? I did. When I was watching him, I, I didn't really look at him as a first round target. I uh, I understand why why the Oilers did take him though. It makes it makes sense. And if he does work out, he can be a fine middle six contributor. But I think he was more of a day two guy to me personally. Right. Right. Yeah. Right on. Um speaking of the draft, uh 
it was no shortage of uh, of drama there. That's for sure. Um, what did you think of day one as a whole? Oh, fun. Montreal made that fun. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt, man. No doubt. What did you think about them taking uh, Uri Slavkovsky? That one surprised me. I I I would have went right. I like. I like write a ton. Uh, production's not everything, but like Slavkovsky playing in that league. And when I watched him, there's not. He's he's very good. Like he was a top five player for sure. But mm-hmm. I just think there's a. He. He's got a big body, so it'll help. But I think he needs a lot of open space to play. So if he can adapt, you and but he, like I said, he's got the big body, so it helps him adapt more when he does get there. But I thought Wright was slam dunk. You get the center for them. Then right. I mean, they go out and trade for Kirby Doc. So <laughs> yeah, that was crazy too, man. Like I, yeah, nobody's was, seen that coming. And Chicago just selling everybody, but Taze and Kane for anything. Yeah, pretty much pennies on the dollar. Just, yeah, it just doesn't make any spot. You think, <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. You'd figure that they keep one or two young guys around to kind of mold the, the, the their actual core. Yeah, it's like, especially the Dak one. He's 29th. What was he? He was a 2019 pick, and it's he hasn't he he hasn't played good till, and they must have just notice something not well it wasn't also different gm not his guy so it makes it way easier but right third overall pick only a few years later it's it's weird yeah like i don't i don't think even doc has scratched the surface yet on his potential like you said it wasn't a very good team and and uh he'll definitely have some opportunity there now in montreal that's that's a (laughs) that's a no-brainer there I think working with St. Louis can have a ton of help with him. Oh, for sure. Sure. And then, uh, and working with, uh, Suzuki there too. They're like the one, two combo there for, for down the middle. It's. Yep. He doesn't have to be the big guy. He can just focus on him. Yep. Pretty much, man. Pretty much. Um, and, uh, what did you think of the rest of the Oilers picks? Did you, did you, uh, have any idea of, <laughs> what they picked there they went I, ugh, off the board for a lot <laughs> in my mind yeah. Um, yeah, definitely the goalie there from from sweden there uh samuel Janssen. i had never even heard of the kid yeah he was he, he was uh, but i'm not the best with goalies he's big and he's young <laughs> And he, he's just gonna let's see what he turns out to be in five six years. <laughs> right? Yeah. And no. That one was a is the and also the Yevaseyev. That one was a d- different one, but I heard they really like him and big. He's like he's not big. He's physical. Put up some decent numbers in the MHL. Right. But like that's. That one was weird. And then Yol Mata, that's seventh rounder. He's overager. That's. And he plays for uh, Todd Woodcroft. So there's yeah, that little Vermont bit of insider yep. information. <laughs> yeah, him and Luca Musenberger there. Yep. I, he got picked there <laughs> last year. So 
pretty much, uh, yeah, like as you said, they're 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 they've got the insider with with Woodcroft there, Todd Woodcroft that is, um, and uh, I was gonna say here, we'll get into the other prospects here now. Um, I've got a few questions about Matvey Petrop, but we'll get to the other ones here first. I, out of all, like the last three to four years, they've been really drafting well, at least I've, I've noticed anyways, and I'm not a huge, like I said, I'm not a huge draft guy. Who do you like most there since uh, since Ken, Ken uh, Holland's been in, in charge of the team here and allowing uh, Tyler Wright there, the director of amateur scouting? Who, who, who really, you know, has caught your eye the most here? Uh, my biggest, uh, I like the Dylan Holloway pick was awesome. I think uh, that uh, I was, I didn't get to see him as much in the NCAA, but I liked him from his AJ days. I actually, I had, I thought they should have at the time, I thought they should have taken Amir off, but I liked Holloway and that's a pick I'm really impressed with. I think he's better than people think he's going to be. I don't see him as a, dump and chase kind of guy. I don't mm. see him playing with McLeod and just being this fast in your face line. I see him as this articulate kind of creative. Like I would right from day one, I'm playing him with dry There's like no questions asked. I think he pushes defenses back the way not like Connor, but he, he can push defensemen back and then, his playmaking has really come along. And right. Yeah, just dry settle plays so well with players that can push D back and then he finds space easily and he can use his shot. And a little bit off the board, I like the Warner pick as well. I'm starting when when that pick went through, I was like, who is this guy? Because WHL is like <laughs> a little bit surprised. I didn't even see him too much. Right. And I'm watching him now and I'm watching his playoff run currently and he's just he's been an awesome pickup I think for a seventh rounder he skates well he's only 190 ish pounds but he does he has a lot of great tendencies of pre-scanning uh he never he doesn't really ever miss like too many passes it's a consistent tape to tape he's uh he's safe with it though and he's not afraid he'll fill a lane in the offensive zone i think there is something there for him to be a third pairing defenseman honestly so i've been i've been impressed with him too does do you think he'll uh he'll stay another year in junior right yeah i'd i'd like him too and he was even getting second power play opportunities with Mustra and Mustra will have a good team again with Furkis, Matejchuk, uh, Jaeger is gonna be. He's going into his draft year. That will right. be, and he'll Warner will get every opportunity. Awesome, awesome. Just keeping it in the dub. What do you think of Jake Chase on? Oh, I love him. <laughs> he's a he was a another just great pick at where he was. Uh, he's not overly. He's got a good top speed, not overly quick, but he's got a great shot, great finishing ability. He can play in front, down low. He's 
can play in junior right now all three forward positions. I like him on the wing. And he's just he's really a good 200-foot player. He'll take care of the zone. He can be your net front guy on the power play. He's playing penalty kill. He's out there with a goal, um, defending a lead. You can, whatever you really need, Chase on can mold. And I think he has a chance to be a pretty good bottom six player in the NHL. So he's more like a very versatile, kind of like a Ryan McLeod. Yeah, kind of in that, in that sense. He really, he really reminds me of like a, like a Derek Ryan more. Okay. Yeah. He'll be, he'll be like that kind of mold. I think little, little quick, annoying, smart though, can play in every situation. Right on. Right on. I know he had, he, he's been struggling with injuries there, especially like last yeah. year there and, and even into this year. But, uh, I, I don't even have his stats in front of me, unfortunately, but I heard that he had, had come, come into his own there this year there once he did get healthy. Yeah. He, uh, he was yeah like 18 points in 20 games this year. And then in his drafter 20 and 23, like in, it's not like world-class numbers, but that's that's potential bottom six. And he, I think even more, I really, uh, yeah, but I think bottom six player, and he can push for some time in few years, maybe when he's around 22, 23. I'd like, he's a player I'd like to see in the AHL soon. He'll be fun. Great on. Yeah, no doubt, man. They, they're, they're cultivating quite the team down there, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to ask you this because you, you blurred this out one night there in the, in the group chat here when, with heavy mm-hmm. hockey. You said about Mave Petrov, you know, and just to give a little backstory here, the Oilers took him in the sixth round. I think it was last year's draft. Was it last year's or the year before? Yep, with Borgo, 21. Okay, yeah. yeah. And uh, everybody was just clamoring about how much of a steal he was. Everybody passed over him. And you were a little bit hesitant to give any praise. And I'd like to ask you, why is that? Uh, I think he's like, he's got a lot to get. I think it's a good, it's a good pick for where it is. But he's very good in isolation. He has very good skills. But when it comes to doing it all together and in a pressurized setting, it's kind of starts to fall apart. And when I was watching this year, it's a lot of time he played with um, San Jose pick Brandon Coe, who's very good. And mm-hmm. Coe does a lot of heavy lifting, good playmaker. And I noticed like Petrov, his main thing is his shot. Like his shot is excellent. And that, and Co with his playmaking and the Petrov shot, it was such a good combination at that level that I think it was it was perfect basically for him. It's a good situation, and it's just my one problem is there's a bunch of obstacles he needs to go to get to the next level, and I think it sucks because he is. I think he said he's heading back to the OHL this year. Yeah, yeah, he and, did say he's going yeah, back for one more. That's n- I don't like. It's tough because what kind of ice time would he get in Bakersfield, anyways? But yeah. like he, the OHL is he, it doesn't help his bad habits. And the and I think in the playoffs, it really kind of started a show for him. 
Well, uh, he got dropped down to like the third line. He was still playing first power play, but there's a uh, like a few games I'll watch him and like he's missing on passes. There's uh, I'm just I'm a little I like the skill he does have, and I think there's stuff to work with, but I don't know if the team will be willing to go through those obstacles with him. So it's he's he's to me as a long shot to make it. So what you're saying basically is a project once he hits the A, like he's, yep. he's going to be molded for a very long time down in, in the minors. Yeah, I would like to see him at least two, three years, minimum two in the minors. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I didn't think that long, but yeah, it's almost almost like a goalie almost. <laughs> I think like he's he's very good, but everything he needs to do he he slows down he stops he needs to stop skating to make a pass or like his shot on the run is great and when i'm watching like he's scoring from long range which it's kind of good kind of bad it shows the power but it also kind of it's junior goalies they're not the best in the world right. and it, i think just a very good junior player right now and good potential but a lot a lot Long way to go, a lot to work on, I believe. Right. And um, one other Oilers prospect there that was a captain on his team there, Ty Tulio, he's making the jump there to the pros here this year. What do you think about his game? I love him. I had him in his draft year. I thought he was going to be a second rounder. And then we got him in the third. No, fifth. And fifth round, yeah. Yeah, I thought second, at least third rounder, and yet fifth, 126. And he's not the fat. He doesn't, he has a decent speed, doesn't get up to gear the quickest. And that's where his problem will come is in any, he struggles to separate himself and buy some time. But he's very good at causing turnovers. Uh, when he does have the puck, he can make a good pass, and he has that wicked shot. Uh, I like his chances of making it over Petrov, honestly, in a bottom six role, because I think his game is suited a bit better for the NHL, but if Petrov ever does make it, he'll be better than Tulio. Okay. Yeah, like I think Tulio, he doesn't have as many obstacles to go over. He's a very... You can when you watch him, you know he's meat and potatoes. He'll go block a shot. He'll go four check, back check. He just a very good bottom six player I see out of him. Just a great grinder, basically. Just yeah. If you tell him to go check and go take out somebody, he'll do it for you, no problem. Yeah, and he can also he like he can score and like he made that beautiful play over in the in the development camp to the big D man Gansk who then played it across, I remember. And he's he's just, he's very smart. He can adapt to a lot of situations. It's just the main thing is getting his feet under him and getting him some way to separate from players because his size simply, you can't do that. Great. Yeah. Great. Uh, did, so you did manage to catch the, the development cap, their footage, and, and the Billy Moore's Cup? Yeah, I, I watched the Billy Morris Cup, and I didn't. I was wondering the whole time if, uh, if you were even able to go in person, 
and I, I guess you were. So I missed oh. out on that, but I got to watch it on Twitter. So <laughs> that's <laughs> fine. Yeah, it was, it was good. I kind of, I wouldn't have. I think the actual game itself, like the three on three and four on four, is fine. But that's I don't really think that's how you develop players like that's more like that's keeping mm. it fun. And they did a lot of work in during the week and all that. But it's just this is the time they're in the game scenario. And I think you should play five on five that whole time, like the three on three and four on four. Like We all they're all NHL prospects. They're all good with space. I want to I want you I wanted them to to like Petrov develop this what happens when people come at you or Great. like problem solve or even be be the problem that they have to solve and I Great. just like 3 on 3 it's it's fun like Hamlin you see breakaways Hamlin was excellent but it's I don't think it does any well for the guys itself Great, as you said, it's just being, you know, pretty much for fun. They're just kind of like shinny hockey, kind of, sort of. Yeah. I got to ask you about uh, Carter Savoy. Um, he uh, he may, he's making the jump from from uh, from college to, to pro. I was just wondering if you caught any of his uh, any of his uh, uh, championship run there while in the Frozen Four. Yeah, he actually he looked pretty good. Uh, same problem as always is he's he needs more separation some way like Ty Tulio, but Carter is way better with the puck on his stick and he needs to find a way because when it starts to ramp up, he starts to disappear a bit. And but once he does, like it was so apparent on, you know, well, not on in the development camp in the Billy Moore's Cup that if he just I love I I used if you just give him the puck and he has like even an extra second something good is going to happen like he is a great playmaker a great shooter but he just can't find a way to ultimately like pull away from a player if he's if they're under pressure mm-hmm. but it, my favorite part is he doesn't he doesn't need like a hundred, like twenty uh, touches of the puck to make something happen. He, he can just sit in, sit in the slot, or follow up into the right space and rip a shot home. Like nice. it's uh, he's he's intriguing. He's another one where that twenty twenty draft it's turned out pretty good. I I didn't like Carter in his draft year, but at a hundred, I liked the potential he could bring with his dynamic skills but when he it's perfect he's making the jump to pro he's gonna start to learn what what it's like how to deal with pressure and even when i was watching the billy morse cup he was more he's there on the four check he's getting back the effort's there that's not the problem now right on yeah that was the kind of the big knock when he got drafted is you know he's kind of lackadaisical there when he was with uh the crusaders there in mm-hmm. ajhl and everybody was kind of worried you know but it was like that with ryan mcleod as well if you remember like that that the, the knock on him wasn't his skating or anything it was all he was a perimeter player i remember people were talking about him and well he can't get into the grease area as well 
you know, with the, the, the HL being a development league, it certainly, you know, and with having Jay Woodcroft there at the helm to, to kind of grow his game and, and look at him now, like he, he's, he's one of the, one of the definite keepers on the team there now for sure. Um, so I, uh, looking ahead now, uh, you know, the craziness of the 2022 draft and looking ahead, everybody, I shouldn't say everybody, but there were some people that, that thought that the, this year's draft was pretty bad for, for choices there with, with prospects and whatnot. But it, next year, it looks like there's going to be two generational players. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, I, uh, I'm a little bit lower on Michkov than the rest, but Bedard for sure. And uh, I think Adam Fantilli is going to really uh, staple his name into, I think he can push for a top two pick for sure, for two. I've think, heard about, I've sorry to cut you off. I heard yeah, about no Fantilli and, and, uh, and uh, what's, what's the deal on Michkov? I'm just kind of curious now since you had mentioned about him. Uh, I think he's, like he's a great scorer and like he's great with the puck and everything, but like the speed is kind of the skating isn't there. He's a little smaller. I'm a little like he shoots everything almost from everywhere, but it's good. And he's got a good skill. I think like lock for top three, but I mm-hmm. do think there could be, I don't think he's as perfect as like a uh, Connor Bedard. And I think, the gap between Michkov and Fantilli is smaller than the gap between Bedard and Michkov. Wow. To me, yeah. Okay, so uh, so with Fantilli, what what do you li- what do you like about the kid? I uh, he's pow- powerful, good skater, good pl- like any anytime he's on the ice, it's just something's happening. Like uh, positively, he's getting like he's a 200 foot player. He's playmaker. He's a scorer. It's just he seems almost like he ha- almost has this perfect package. And if it wasn't for Bedard and Michkov, he could easily be like he probably would have went first overall this year. Oh, okay. And if he was in the draft, and I'm just I'm high on him. I really like him, especially uh, the U18s this year. He was excellent. Right on. He was playing in the USHL, wasn't he? Yep, Chicago Steel. Okay. Did he put up monster numbers there? I, I'm I'm just asking you because I don't have stats on him there too. But did did he, yeah, he was he was he kind of like the, the the tour de force there, like Bedard, or did, was was his numbers okay? Uh he he had uh 74 points in 54 games. So okay, yeah, he but it's. Chicago is a great program. They usually have some of the better players going on in the draft. But yeah, he's a uh, and he, he's heading to Michigan for next uh, season. Oh, okay, so he is committed. Okay, that was my next question. Um, and actually, I just had a question popped in my head here. I wanted to ask you on the fly with the the U.S. Uh, development program, and then you you see like offshoot not normal quote-unquote uh leagues like the ushl what what can you say about them are they they're definitely turning heads now because especially with the 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 national program in the u.s 
because they've they've had brilliant drafts here in the last four year four or five years. Am I am I right or? Oh yeah, they've had they've started to turn a corner. Definitely, USHL is like even a lot of the Canadian some Canadian players are opting out. Like Fantilli is an example. Owen Power opted out so they could go down to the states. It's it, they're starting because it it's. The problem is I also figure with the CHL and the NHL bargaining agreement where once they sign out of college, they can just go to the NHL or the AHL. Okay. They don't have to go back to junior. And I think people are starting to realize like junior is not going to help you when you're 19 and you're a first round pick. Right. So it's like I, you pro hockey's better then. And but the U.S. is just starting to do it right. It seems they've. I don't know what it is, but they probably it's that NTDP. They probably are just ahead of the curve. It seems on development now. And did they like like why? I just out of curiosity, I'm not trying to try to put you on the spot or anything. But um, and why why are they ahead of the curve? They're just doing everything correct, or like like. If, like as far as like the Canadian program, like compared to the U.S. and Canadian programs, like did they did they steal certain parts from the Canadian program, or or how did they get so good so quickly? Is it just just mm. uh, population wise? Do you figure? Yeah, I don't know. Honestly, I was listening to a podcast yesterday, uh, Hockey Arsenal, and uh, they uh, he had a guest on from he was the columbus blue jackets development coach and they're saying that in the early 90s everything was focused on skating there and that's where they think they got the upper edge was they were emphasizing skating before not i don't know it's not a direct quote but they were emphasizing skating at a time where it wasn't as important i yeah basically and other than that, I wouldn't know, but it's some. It has to be. They know something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding, man. Like when was it? Uh, was it twenty twenty or twenty nineteen where they had like an insane amount go in the first round? Yeah, twenty nineteen, the Jack Hughes year. Right, right. Yeah, yeah and Spencer were, Knight and. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, all those guys. They were yeah. Yeah, definitely a loaded year. That's for sure. Um. And uh, <laughs> I was going to ask you about free agency and who you wanted, so I'm going to going to kind of fix that question here with the <laughs> Oilers. Um, since free agency has come and gone now, what do you think about what the Oilers did as far as the signings? In your own personal opinion, did you like what they what they did with Kane there with the the money and all, or what was your take there with uh, with free agency? Yeah, the Kane signing was surprising. I didn't think he'd sign for that because every, everywhere was saying he wanted way more. Um, right. I like the Kulak's pre-signing was awesome. That was well needed. Um, yes, the Jack Campbell one scares me. <laughs> I I don't I don't really know if he is a massive massive upgrade. Uh, his numbers have been inconsistent to say the least but when right. he's on he is incredible and i think 
you I think we're able to get by with the tandem we do have. Right. And I I really I really believe in Skinner now. I think he's gonna take a step, be able to play thirty to forty. Uh, right. So and if they're just average, that's all this team needs, honestly. <laughs> so and <laughs> the other like our RFAs are still unsigned. Uh, I really the Yanmark ones. That's okay. I didn't mind it. It's cheap. Fourth liner. He'll hopefully. Uh, and he he has good PK numbers. I saw his even strength defense is okay. He's not a he's not a Cassian anchor. So there's a little bit of a positive. Right. Yeah. So right. <laughs> I'm 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 okay with it so far. I think there's still. The decor, I think we still need to tweak around with it. I don't know if, like, Barry and Bouchard is a... Uh, I don't know if we can do that again. Right. Right. No. I uh, wanted to ask you about Broberg, and there's a lot of speculation that he'll make the jump this year. What's your take on him? Yeah, I like him. When watching him with the Condors, He's he looked great. Uh, and he put up good numbers. I think he like third pair and he's ready. I, I want him to play there on that left side. If he's, I don't see another year of the AHL benefit him, him too well. I, and I think he's, I I like, I think he's ready to make the jump and play, uh, in even in the games, if he, the difference is he comes up and he seems like the confidence isn't there like he is in the AHL. When he comes up, he just he doesn't he's a more of a passer than a puck carrier, which is that's okay, but he needs to be more confident in his own because he, he can fly. And if he can just carry the puck in transition or make the right pass. He's going to be, I think he's going to be great for us, especially on a third parent where you can protect them. Right. Right. My last question to you is, um, and it's a very polar, well, according to one journalist there, he's a very polarizing figure there. And I have to ask you about Yesapuliarvi. What's your take on him? And where do you see him going this year? Uh, I, I love him. I think his numbers are great. I think a lot of people miss out on what he's good at because what he's not good at is when all eyes are on him is sometimes he can fumble the puck and fall over but when he's forward checking or back checking he doesn't give a lot of other options to the other team. He just and he gives them maybe one option, and it's so easy to read. And a player like McDavid or Drysaddle can read it just simply. And I think that's why he has a lot of these good numbers with them. Is and he just he keeps pucks out of his net. He is the lowest on our goals against per sixty for the year on the team, including forwards and D men. I think what we need is more defense and offense at this moment and any kind of trade right now you're gonna get fleeced i don't see you winning one yeah like he'll go for a third or something and it'll just 
you're out looking for somebody like that again. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny. You know, you, you see players like that that don't finish. They don't like he had a brilliant first half of the season and then he yeah. got injured. Then he had COVID. Then he got injured again. And uh, it's it's <laughs> I, I, I've talked to this there with the guys on Oilers Live mm-hmm. at nauseum, you know, <laughs> with finishing. You know, and I just I think I said there during the playoffs, you know, all I want for Festivus is just Jesse to, to finish yeah, and the it. next game he got a goal. <laughs> so like I got my wish, but you know, it, it, you, you see, I, I know the comparisons are there with, with Val Nikushkin and mm-hmm. uh, it's just, you know, if they give up on him, like the, and this, the real surprising thing is they, well, I shouldn't say surprising, but they know like the, the management knows what they have. It's just, what do you do when you're in a situation like this and you're, you have your window open, do you stick with him and carry on, you know, hopefully that something will click in or, you know, but as you said, they'll, they'll probably get fleeced in a trade. Yeah. I, and then I have to say, I have to totally agree because nobody's jumped at the chance of taking them, you know? Yeah. So. And it seems like they're dead set on Yamo over him, which yep. I wouldn't personally do for the short term or long term. I love Yamo, but I'm scared of he's five seven, he's a hundred and sixty pounds. And yep. that doesn't that doesn't matter on the ice, but when he plays a, such a wrecking ball style where his body is it's gonna wear down at points and I think Pugliarvi can only grow. Yep. There's not there's no losing there. I think he's this high potential even, and even right now a low, he's got a great, he's got a high floor right now. He's a fun, like the Fogel McLeod play line in the playoffs. They, they were fine. They weren't giving yep. up anything and that's all you need. That's all we need. So it's, it's very confusing to me why we would give away somebody who by every account just, he helps us keep pucks out of the net and they go in more on the other team. Yeah. No, it's frustrating there too. Like you hear rumors from his, his agent there at all. Oh, he's a top six player. Well, maybe try going down a line and then building your game up from there type of deal and not put so much pressure on yourself to have, you know, that. Yeah. I, I think his confidence, me personally, I think his confidence is his biggest, his biggest, uh, his biggest uh, mark against him right now, you know, just as yeah. far as, you know, if he settles, settles his, you know, if he kind of sells his mind down and just focus on, on one, you know, on, on the finishing aspect of things and not try to worry about everything else around him, I think he'll be fine, you know, but I agree. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> I'm just worried that they're, like you said, I think they're going to give him away for free and just, yep. just because, but Anywho, um, do you have a Twitter? I know you have a Twitter account, but do, do you wish to, to to plug whatever you want to plug there? Do you, do you have your own site yep. type of deal? And uh, I'll, I'll let you take the floor here right now. Yeah, just follow me at on Twitter at SP Prospects. Uh, talk Oilers. I talk hockey. That's <laughs> uh, anything basically about hockey and prospects. Mostly, mostly. Oilers and Oilers prospects, but uh, come chat. (laughs) 
right on man and and uh you do write for for heavy hockey here and there so of course i uh i encourage everybody to check out heavyhockey.com you'll find spencer and his work sir spencer i i gotta say man you know for a third podcast here i i'm trying my darndest here to and you you came on you're a rock star so i, I can't thank you enough man for coming oh. on here tonight Thanks for having me. I couldn't have done it without you. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, man. Well, this has been the Paladon Podcast. I'm, I'm your host, Kirk Morris. Thanks for checking it out. We'll talk to you soon.